0: SimmaJaw is brought by Overcast, an independent podcast app for everyone. No paywalls, no premium content, just a podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. And thank you.
1: You're listening to Cinema Jaw, the greatest movies podcast ever, recorded on location from our respective homes in Chicago. My name is Matt Kay, and with me is Rye
2: the Movie Guy. And sitting alongside us is Phil, me and Phil. Hello! This week on Cinema Jaw, Matt, we take to the high seas as we cover our top three favorite sea adventure films. Interesting. It's going huh? to be a splash hit, Ryan. It sure is. We're talking about movies that take place out on the ocean. Didn't necessarily have to be the ocean, but you know what we're going for. Could be a big body of water. Just bigger than a bathtub, let's exactly. say that. Okay. Exactly.
0: Besides that, we have more going on, don't we, Phil? You know it, boys. It is still Ryan Gosling month, so we have another fact and another clip.
1: In addition to that, two reviews this week. We have The Sea Beast hence the tie-in there, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. To help us with all of this, Matt, we have a great guest who's going to be joining us also. Yep, Darcy Weir is coming on. He's a documentary filmmaker. He's got several films under his belt. The latest, The Bitcoin Field Guide, is currently out there for your enjoyment. We're going to talk to Darcy all about it. I'm excited to talk to Darcy because,
2: unlike you, I don't know cryptocurrency all that well. So I want to hear
1: how he dove in and what interested him about Bitcoin. You yeah, know? For sure. I'm no expert either. So the, when, I, when I saw this uh, hit my inbox, I was really excited to speak with him as well. I mean, stuff about blockchains, I don't know what the hell's going on, but we'll talk to Darcy about it all. Well, you're a blockhead. I mean, that's
2: pretty close. <laughs> no doubt. Plus, Matt, in honor of the Sea Beast, which we're reviewing this week, you are going to take Darcy on in Sea Beast movie trivia. <laughs> Think of movies that have C in the title or Beast in the title. Aha. Okay.
1: aha okay got it sea beast movie trivia i like it you really missed your calling Ryan. you could have been the the new host of jeopardy i think i try i try
2: i even have an alternate question here i'll explain it when we get to trivia okay can't wait interesting stuff so let's kick this
0: show off with our ryan gosling fact yes we all know ryan gosling is the actor However, we don't all know Ryan Gosling as a movie director. Uh, He did direct one film. Uh, In 2015, his movie Lost River starred Saoirse Ronan and Eva Mendes. I think there's a reason we don't know it. And it currently sits at 31% rotten uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. So not particularly good. But the great news is if your local library has canopy, you can watch this movie ad free whenever you'd like for free with your library card because it's streaming on Canopy. Wow. And what's the name of it again, Phil? Lost River. I mean, uh, good luck remembering it. It's kind of a generic name. I've never heard of it, Matt. Never heard
2: of it. Wow. I, I never even knew he directed a movie, so I'm I'm stunned on both fronts here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm especially stunned that you don't know it, Rye, So Yeah.
2: He doesn't actually seem like he would be the director type. Maybe because he's all moody and I think of him as driver in drive and he doesn't talk. So he just sort of like would
1: be behind the camera and just not say anything, wouldn't guide anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was about to say he's too young, but I know a lot of young filmmakers, but he just doesn't seem to have that, that director, I don't know, je ne sais quoi, whatever it is, you know? Hmm. Might have to check this movie out though. Uh, yeah, just to see. Let's do this, Matt.
2: Let's Without further ado, we bring in our guest. Darcy Ware has directed many films. This one, his latest, is entitled The Bitcoin Field Guide. It is available to rent wherever you get your movies. Darcy, welcome to CinemaJaw.
3: Howdy. Thanks for having me.
2: Darcy, where are you calling in from?
3: South of the border. I'm in Mexico.
2: Nice. For, for work or just living down there?
3: Um, Living. Living, yeah. I work from my home studio here.
1: Could be worse. Beaches and, and cervezas, you know
3: beaches
1: cheap food good food and cheap cervezas (laughs) bingo
2: so let's talk bitcoin here darcy before the film that you made here the bitcoin field guide how familiar were you with cryptocurrency and bitcoin and all that stuff
3: i was oblivious i didn't know anything about crypto i knew that it was worth money it was worth lots of fiat money i i was introduced through a friend he had he had actually inquired with me if he should buy into it and at this point back in 2000 i think it was early 2017 late 2016 maybe he was saying you know i might buy this bitcoin thing it's about 1500 dollars, and i was like that sounds ridiculous <laughs> um like, you're telling me that one of these coins is worth $1,500? And he's like, "Yeah," And I was like,
1: dude. I, I, have, I have two questions for you regarding the documentary specifically. First question is, I'm just curious. Uh, and if this is, if this is too, uh, you know, under, behind the scenes, just, just let me know. Um, was this funded? I mean, obviously, you need money to make a movie. Did you, did you try some sort of cryptocurrency way of funding this film? And the other question is, you in the movie about halfway through, there's a guy who claims to be um, Sat- Satoshi Nakamoto, the, the man who invented Bitcoin, who's totally anonymous. I'd like to hear the story behind that. So two-part question.:
3: So you're talking about Craig Wright, I think, the Australian yeah. gentleman. A lot of people think that he's a fraud. Um, I think the reason why he claims that he's Satoshi Nakamoto is simply for fanfare. Like he wants attention and he also, I think, wants the rights to Bitcoin. Like he wants to try and own it, own the, he wants to own the technology. You know, if you look at um, a technology like Ethereum, that was that ETH and the Ethereum network were started by a really brilliant young developer named Vitalik Buterin. And some people say that is not a very central, that's more of a centralized crypto coin because it actually has a leader that's running it that kind of like an Elon Musk uh, for Tesla or whatever. So it can be corrupted it can be manipulated yada yada yada. with bitcoin the original creator which was not craig wright was possibly a terminally terminally ill guy named hal finney and he saw what happened in 2008 with the great financial crisis and how back then we thought that was a big bailout 750 billion dollars was given to the banks and other financial services industries from the government and so the creators of bitcoin actually created it out of a protest to the real financial system that we use today
1: it's a crazy web so so how about the um the funding process was that something you you tried to do like a crypto movie funded by crypto
3: no um i actually was I approached a distributor that I usually go to for my UFO films and I said, Hey, like, I know this is not a UFO film, but I have a crypto film and I think it's educational and I think there's going to be a a long, uh, you know, interesting history ahead for crypto. So this could be a cool documentary for people that want to learn about crypto and Will eventually get into the market. They could probably start here as like a stepping stone uh, for learning. Perfect. And I convinced him, told him he'd be a millionaire, and <laughs> the rest is history. Perfect. He's not a millionaire.
2: Well, for the jawheads listening to this, they can rent this anywhere, right? Anywhere you can rent movies.
3: It's on um, Amazon Prime, uh, app, iTunes, like Apple TV, Google Play. 2B TV. If you want to watch it for absolutely free in the United States, the UK, uh, sorry, United States, Australia, Canada, Mexico. There's a couple other platforms, streaming platforms, but it's not on Netflix, okay? The king of all streaming platforms.
2: The name of it again, jawheads, is the Bitcoin Field Guide. If you're interested in in crypto, don't know much about it, and want to learn, great place to dive in. We do a follow-up interview, and that's one we're going to get to the UFO questions. As you mentioned, you've made UFO movies and I'm a big X-Files guy. So we'll be talking UFOs later on in the show. Before we end this interview though, you heard we're celebrating Ryan Gosling. Are you a fan of his and what is your favorite Ryan Gosling film?
3: I think my favorite Ryan Gosling film is probably drive. Yeah. Um, It's, it's really well shot. It, it doesn't, it's not really deep in story, but the soundtrack is absolutely beautiful and intense. Uh, I think most of the music is scored by tchaikovsky um, Ch- Ch- or something. He's like this yeah. Russian techno-like rock DJ. Can,
2: can we throw that in the fish tank, uh, Phil? Make sure we got the, the guy right on who scored Drive.
3: Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, a, it's a fun movie. It's a bit like a superhero movie, but he's not a superhero. He's kind of like a vigilante hero.
1: Right? I agree. Yeah. It is a bit like a superhero movie. Good observation. Absolutely.
2: So Darcy is going to be sitting in on this entire jaw. He has his top three high sea adventure films picked out as we all do here,
1: Matt. Before we get there though, we got a review. We do, Rye. The Sea Beast. From the director of Bolt, Big Hero 6, and Moana comes a tale of adventures on the high seas. Adventures on Netflix and adventures in babysitting? The Sea Beast has a lot to live up to, but can this Leviathan harpoon our hearts or will it just cut the rope? Ryan and I boarded the inevitable to find out.
0: away I. yeah.
1: I like this kid.
2: We're dropping you off at the nearest port. Hunting ship ain't no place for a kid. But
0: you joined the ship when you were my age. Hold on, Daisy! <sighs> And look at you now. That's not the same thing. Isn't it?
1: No, it isn't. The Drake's more thick with monsters. Monsters that want to eat us. We're not keeping it.
0: But he's so cute. You and I have
1: a different idea of cute. Maisie Brumble is the orphaned daughter of hunters who longs for a more exciting life and even an exciting death. Namely, she'd like to emulate her parents who went down as heroes, protecting the realm of three bridges and its high society royal court from hideous and vicious sea creatures. Hi diddly-dee, Rye, these pirates sing and swing and buckle all kinds of swash in some pretty amazing action sequences. Maisie stows away on the fleet's most famous ship and meets her heroes, the salty Captain Crow, the stoic Sarah Sharp, and the captain's adopted and non-alliterative son, Jacob. After a run-in with the ocean's most fearsome beast, the Red Bluster, the ship The Inevitable is nearly sunk. Jacob and Maisie are marooned, and they must learn some tough lessons together and somehow escape before it's too late. I mentioned the action sequences, Rye, and it bears repeating. It used to be that animated films were pushing the envelope toward believability and realism, but now it almost feels like they're holding that back. And I mean that in a good way. The motions are so fluid and the action is so crisp and vibrant that the sea beast is truly a joy when things are at their heights the ocean and the water in general just looks so real that at times you almost forget you're watching an animation. Carl Urban was the only voice actor that I really knew going in, but the entire cast does their best D and D table accents. And it worked for me while the sea beast is surprisingly Frank and violent. And again, I mean that in a good way and it and doesn't shy away from the more complex emotional conundrums it catches in its net. It's also quite predictable. That's largely forgivable in a kid's film, and it it would have been here, too, if the creature design didn't remind me so damn much of How to Train Your Dragon. There's also an obvious Moby Dick through line that I was much more on board with. I have to say that the quiet moments were a little lackluster, and perhaps it would have benefited from a little bit more heart, or dare I say, a musical number. At the bottom of the ocean and this review, the sea beast is a rare creature of a film. While somewhat derivative and predictable, it can also surprise and be quite original. Fantastic visuals, characters, and world-building will delight the entire family. This is the type of adventure that we sadly get too infrequently. Worth the dive. Definitely worth the dive, Matt. I thoroughly enjoyed
2: this animated film. And I, in fact, I would go as far as to say it's my favorite animated movie thus far of the year of 2022. Sure. You're dead on. The animation style here, very realistic. And I wrote right here in my notes. However, the sea beast, the main character, looks too kiddish. I mean, everything else looked so realistic. And then the, the red beast has this like kiddie style to it. That, that now that you mention it, you're 100% right. It looks like toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. Yep. And even though the story is rather simple, like you mentioned. The film still succeeds because those fun characters and the thrilling action. You're dead right. These scenes were unbelievable to watch. I mean, they, they had it down. It wasn't the action sequences I think we get in a, a Pixar movie. These were very detailed and well-thought-out action sequences where the boats are turning, almost capsizing. I was I was excited. I was really thrilled watching this movie. So I think it's great to see Netflix knock it out of the park with this animated flick big fan
1: yeah darcy had said earlier that drives reminded him of a superhero movie i think that that's almost the case here and i don't want to diminish it by comparing it to a superhero movie but the action was so you know it felt like an action movie you know correct it was it, it, was, it was a lot of fun it really did one thing i would say that you just
2: mentioned you wanted a song i was so glad there was no song I thought really? there was, I thought going in they're probably going to sing some sort of corny song at some point here, and when it didn't come up, I was really happy. They do but, one. They do one in the bar,
1: right? But that's but what it, you do in a bar in medieval exactly, times. You sing exactly. a song.
2: Um, but I will say you were right also with the the sort of quieter moments in the film brought it down a little bit. I, I would say there's like a a ten minute kind of like lull in this movie where I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna getting a little too slow, and it's quite a long movie it's two hours for an animated movie that's pretty good runtime you know so i do think they could have probably tightened it up maybe a little bit that would slight criticism
1: here because i am a big fan of the sea beast great characters complex relationships um good representation in this movie oh yes it's it's got a lot going for it i I really enjoyed it it really does how about a jaw-dropping moment what would you say out of this one and there's a couple. Yeah. For me, it was that first action sequence because I just wasn't expecting it um, when they when they kill the first beast, when we're kind of being introduced to the, the whole world that that they live in. And, you know, the the captain like jumps off the boat with the lance and, it's you know, incredible. yeah, I was like, oh, well, that's the end of him. But turns out not so much. Great moment. It was.
2: And, and then he's fighting the beast underwater. And you're right. that Yeah. The, water animation is just fantastic it's beautiful to behold great great sequence i had that one noted the other one i had noted was what i'm calling basically a a, a kaiju fight breaks out with the sea beast yeah. and the giant crab that is uh, attacking jacob and uh macy it, it, all of a sudden a, a kaiju battle you know it's yeah. throwing the crab around it, it was a great little fight
1: i loved it i agree i also agree this movie's got like i said it's got a lot going for it uh did you come up with a good movie poster quote i i I went with
2: actually i was going to put best
1: animated movie of the
2: year but I, i went even further and said best adventure film of the year that's my movie poster quote
1: Hmm. okay um mine was clench your dagger between your teeth and dive into this salty adventure Are are yeah. I mean, I love their cadence, too, the way they talked. Their little, like, you know, me likes the, you know. Right. (laughs) It was was fun. They came up with their own, you know, totally original accent. It was cool. Me likes the Sea Beast. Yes, me do. How many
2: jaws, Matt? Three jaws for the Sea Beast. I went uh, an extra half higher. Three and a half jaws for the Sea Beast. And one thing we didn't mention is the sound design. I watched this uh, in my little screen room, and it rocked the room. It was, it was awesome, you know? The battle scenes looked great and sounded great. So if you've got a good uh, surround sound system, turn it up a few notches and enjoy
1: this one. Here's one thing, two things I kept, kept me away from that extra half-jaw. One, I'm not sure if this is great for younger kids. If you have kids under eight, this is more violent than I expected.
2: Oh, 100%. And funny story on that is I told a, a coworker about this. Said, I'm going to watch the Seabeast," And he I don't know exactly how old his son is, but very young, you know, under five. And yeah, they no. started it. And he, he wanted it off right away. Way too scary for him. <laughs> not Moana. This is not Moana. No.
1: And, and the other thing is uh, I really did find it pretty predictable. So that kept it away from, from three and a half for me. But a damn good movie. I liked it. I'd see it again. The
2: Sea Beast is streaming on Netflix. So if you have it, you might not be able to see the Bitcoin field guide on Netflix, but you can see the Sea Beast. And let us know what you think. Matt Wright with his three jaws, me, three and a half jaws. Write us. Feedback at cinemajaw.com. Or if you have Twitter pulled up, shoot us a tweet. We are at cinemajaw because of the Sea Beast and seeing these great action sequences on the boat and in the water got us thinking of high sea adventures. We threw this topic out to Darcy. Don't even know if he's into the high sea adventure films. So was it a tough list to come up with, Darcy, or, or rather easy?
3: Oh, rather easy. Um, um, I've always been a fan of ocean films, uh, if, if that's what we're going to use to qualify high seas. So, what do you got sitting at number three, Darcy? Number three is uh, Deep Star 6. I,
2: have, I don't know this one. Do
1: explain. St- stumped me as well.
3: Okay. Deep Star 6 is uh, a horror film. So, when I was a young kid, my parents just, it was like uh, an Ayn Rand novel. Like, they just let me do whatever I wanted. And I would go to the movie store not theater because you know, a nine year old trying to see a rated R horror film. That's not going to fly in a theater, but I would go to the horror section and pull out a VHS tape. I I would just pick one that I thought had a cool cover (laughs) and my mom usually would be the one with me. My dad would say, no, you can't see that this horror film um, walks the line of high concept sci-fi and like thriller horror. And I'm uh, intrigued. It's, mm-hmm. it's got some interesting actors in it. It's got Miguel Ferrar, Ferrer, who uh was the main antagonist in Robocop, you know, the kind of sleazy guy. Oh, I love that guy. It's got Matt McCoy, who's kinda like the most clean cut actor of the eighties, I think. And nineties probably in this case um and the rest are kind of like nobodies but um yeah essentially it's about a deep ocean uh picture a, a base at the bottom of the ocean oh
1: like sea okay. lab
3: yeah it's a sea lab okay the bottom of the ocean you know this is like the mid 90s maybe early 90s that they made it so special effects are not the best and you know um Thrilling music score is like trumpety sort of stuff. Um, and essentially they they are exploring and I guess using some kind of dynamite at the bottom of the ocean floor. And they end up um, opening a cavern that releases a giant prehistoric sea beast. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and the sea beast proceeds to kill everybody at the base. And it's... Uh, killing people. And there's a really famous scene. If you look at the movie cover, they have one of those like classic diving suits that you're actually, you have the the air fed into yeah. the, the helmet right. and you have like those robo arms and stuff. And one of the guys is inside that suit and um, he's, he sees the sea beast and you hear him panicking and he's like trying to get back into the, the, uh ship with the rest of the folks that are on there uh quickly and the sea beast follows him in jumps up and bites him in half and that's like (laughs) a really thrilling yeah it's a really thrilling uh scene kind of like uh what's that shark movie where oh yeah deep uh yeah
1: deep blue Lawrence fishburn or whatever no yeah deep blue jackson yeah.
3: Samuel O. Jackson does that speech and then gets bitten in half, right? It's yep, kind of yeah. like, it's not that. Like, you know it's coming. This guy's scared, but it's something like that. Phil, Phil, can
2: we throw that in the fish tank to see if it's streaming somewhere? Might have to watch that tonight to. yeah, after, after we get done recording.
3: That's a Sea Beast film. All um, right. I guess we get over to Matt,
1: his number three now. All Go. right. All right. All right. Uh, mine... All right, and number three, I have uh, one of my favorite submarine movies, and it's uh, Sean Connery in The Hunt for Red October. I I dug. I, I was trying to dig deeper, but I can't leave The Hunt for Red October off. the 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 Crazy Ivan's, the all the maneuvers. They're under the water. The, the pressure. The you know trying to remain silent. Everything about it. The chase for the 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 submarine technology. It's such a cool adventure. It's it launched the Jack Ryan series for better or for worse. That's that's what I got to say about that was
2: Alec Baldwin in that one also, right? As
1: Jack Ryan, yeah, definitely definitely not the best Jack Ryan, but I like me some Alec Baldwin here and there.
2: Yep, it's a good pick at number three. My number three, a little film that came out in two thousand eighteen. I don't think we've ever mentioned it on Cinema Jaw before. It stars Shailene Woodley. It is called Adrift. And it's based on a true story of this girl who goes out on a boat, like a yacht, with her boyfriend, and they're trying to uh, take this boat from Tahiti to San Diego, and they end up getting caught in a hurricane right in the eye of the storm. And I mean, it just damages, basically almost capsizes the boat um, and throws her boyfriend- off of the boat, and she has to rescue him. She gets knocked unconscious and sort of wakes up after the storm. She's slightly injured, but he's very injured, not even really conscious. And so he, she gets him on the boat and then has to try to figure out where they're going with an extremely damaged boat and just in the middle of nowhere. And it turns out that she was on the boat for 41 days um, before she was rescued. Jesus. Wait, Great little movie that caught me by surprise in twenty eighteen. I, I watched it as thinking like, yeah, whatever, kind of flick, not expecting much. And Did much she have more to enjoyable. Eat one of his
1: legs or something.
2: Don't want to give it away, Matt. Oh, okay. Because it, it's got a little bit of a, a, a twist in the movie. So hmm. I don't want to go any further on that. But do check out Adrift if it's uh on TV or streaming somewhere, it's a good one to pick out. So my number three, indoor twos we go. Darcy, what do you got sitting there?
3: Okay, for number two, um, we're going deep again. We're, we're heading down to the uh, the ocean floor here with Leviathan. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, the film Leviathan. Oh, that yes.
2: one I have heard of, but I will be honest, I have not seen.
3: Yeah, it's good. I mean, it has my one of my favorite actors in the world, Peter Weller. Um, who, you know, RoboCop (laughs) was RoboCop, right? He doesn't get enough. All of of Darcy's
2: picks have RoboCop actors in them. (laughs) Yeah, they have
3: like, it's all six degrees of separation from RoboCop. Um, but, uh, it has also Ernie Hudson, Daniel Stern, you know, the guy from home alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ernie was one of the ghostbusters, the Winston, um, it has a bunch of other great actors actually, but, um. It's just not a, a a wild success of a, a film. Again, a, a high concept horror sci-fi film. So um, they're at the bottom of the ocean floor. They're they're all like this big family living in this uh, this like aquatic sea base or something, and scientists and all that stuff. And for whatever reason, something starts happening to the crew and. They start getting sick, and one of the crew, like, dies first, and then the next one dies, and then all of a sudden, like, there's literally these, like, creatures that are attacking the crew, which are, like, mutants that have come back to life from the dead bodies of their uh,
1: (laughs) shipmates. Oh, so sea zombies.
3: They're not zombies. They're actually more like... um, like sea beasts they what they they have like you know lizard sort of bodies and like (laughs) big jowls with massive teeth and stuff and it's not just like whatever this mutation does you don't have to have the whole body so there's this one character in the film for some reason somebody loses an arm in this film And the arm mutates and turns into this, like, eel monster. And this guy, Tony, is inside, like, the kitchen or something. And he, like, reaches to go get a sandwich or open a, like, cupboard or something. And this thing just comes flying out of the cupboard and, like, (laughs) bores into his chest. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And there's, like, blood shooting everywhere. And it's like, wow. I was just losing my mind as a kid watching this. But...
2: Nice pick at number two. My number he's, two. He's Check got some out. good ones. How do you follow that up, Matt?
1: All right. I followed up with 1994s. This, this could be Chris Elliott's best movie. Oh, I forgot about this movie. Oh, man. Cabin Boy. Yes. Cabin Boy. If you haven't seen it in a while, do yourself a favor. Because I went down the, the rabbit hole on YouTube just watching scene after scene. And I'm like, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Andy Richter is in this, uh, Brian Doyle Murphy. Uh, just it's kind of like a who's who of that guy's, and even David Letterman pops up in a brief cameo. It's (laughs) it's just it's wild, it's it's really wild. Like Chris Elliott used to be kind of a star, remember? Mm hmm. This is the movie, arguably, that, that made him that star. And, and, and it's Andy Richter in there, right? Yeah, I, I mentioned it in Andy okay, Richter. Okay, yeah.
2: It's, but I, I remember I didn't know Andy Richter at the time the movie came out,
1: and I remember confusing him with somebody else. He, he's great in here, though. Yeah, it's it's like, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a farce, right? It's almost in the, in the same vein as Princess Bride, but not as heartfelt. It's like Princess Bride, if Princess Bride was totally like crass and debased, you know, in, in the best possible way. And, you know, the, the pipes are clean scene.
3: Yeah, these
1: pipes are clean. That's the best line of the whole film. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good lines, too. So that's yeah. saying something.
2: Cabin Boy, good pick, Matt. That's a, that's a, that's a winner right there. Love it. Oh, yeah. Um, my number two pick is a film that came out in 2012. There was a documentary, I believe. We're going to throw this in the fish tank. I believe the documentary won the Academy award maybe, for Best Documentary in 1950. The, both of them are called Contiki. And it is mm-hmm. about the expedition that took place in 1947. This uh, explorer had this theory that the Polynesian islands were actually settled by people from South America. And people have argued that there's no way that way back in the day, we're talking 1,500 years ago, that people from South America would have made boats that would have been able to travel so far across the Pacific Ocean to get to the Polynesian Islands. And in 1947, this explorer named Thor, boy, I'm going to butcher his last name, Heyerdahl, decided to do the expedition with the technology that South Americans would have had in, you know, 1,500 years ago. So it's basically a raft. And him and five crew members set out to go and make it all the way over to the Polynesian Islands. And of course, there's bad weather, there's sharks, all the kind of stuff that you would imagine could go wrong, does go wrong. But they do prove that people could have sailed from South America all the way to the Polynesian Islands. Great high sea adventure, all on a raft, you know, with a, with a sail on it. It's, it's pretty impressive.
1: That's awesome. Classic. Seen yes. it. great, great movie. Yep.
2: All right, we're into our number ones. Darcy, what do you got sitting there?
3: So, again, I'm going deep. I'm going deep, guys. Forget the top of the the seas. I'm going underneath. Um, With this one, it's The Abyss. James Cameron's The Abyss.
1: Good pick. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yep. Yep. All all my picks were deep. Sorry, guys. But but
2: where's the RoboCop connection here? Darcy, you let us down.
3: <laughs> oh, let me see. Let me look at the crew here. There's got to be a RoboCop connection. Yeah. The well, you, abyss.
2: You got Ed Harris in one of his better roles
1: in, in the lead.
2: Oh, and yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, that Mary, was... Who is it? Mary Stewart or Elizabeth? I know she's got like 10 names. Mary Elizabeth, Mary Master Elizabeth. Antonio
3: mastra tonio yeah mastra antonio tonio she was great she's great Um, fantastic
2: yeah absolutely and and it was the first like cgi kind of like monster you know james cameron using that that water creature yeah we'd we'd later see that in t2 a lot more but he was really developing it then
3: oh yeah yeah exactly everybody was blown away i remember we had the vhs for that at home and every time you saw that water head come out, you know, tentacle thing, it just blew everybody's mind. How did he do that? And then yeah. <laughs> then like the guy like shuts the door and it cuts its head off and it like the water collapses on the ground. You're like, whoa, and you know, it's just like, I don't know. It was
1: it was it was impressive film techniques for, for I, its time. You know, he I, always pushes the envelope. Oh, he does. Mm. He does.
2: Um, and I, I and he's also a water guy obviously too. You know, he's got Avatar 2, The Way of Water coming out. He's made The Abyss, he's made Titanic. So he's he's definitely into the ocean and the water. And
1: he he's literally been been to the Titanic, so in the submarine. Yeah. And and yeah. actually I just saw
2: something on Twitter. Maybe we could throw this in the fish tank too, Phil. That uh The Abyss is supposed to perhaps get like a a 4K finally restoration and it's supposed to be a, like a re-release 4K they, of the abyss See if you can They have find to that.
3: redo like the aliens and stuff though because those are so dated now. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they could. If they if they redid the aliens kind of like, you know, when they redid Star Trek and, or not Star Trek, when they redid Star, Wars, um, Star Wars. Wars, yeah, and they redid the CGI and all that. I mean, they could do that.
1: Hmm. Going to get a bunch of fanboys writing in uh, angry letters, but yeah, they could do it. Matt,
2: this moves us over to your number one. What do you got there, buddy?
1: I'm I'm going full on classic, but you cannot tell me this isn't one of the best high seas adventures. Also, under the waves, uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea, to be specific, 1954, Peter Laurie, uh, Kirk Douglas, uh, in one of the greatest sea adventures ever. It's the 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 Nautilus, Captain Nemo, the the Kraken attacks them, the giant squid. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, arguably the movie that uh, influenced James Cameron to make The Abyss or, you know, any undersea adventure, such an influential story. Of course, Jules Verne wrote the novel and all of his works were so fantastical. 1866 is the year in the film. Wow. So it It, was just bonkers to think of technology like that back then, you know? What's crazy is I've never seen this movie. You True never story. saw 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? True This story. was like this was like a sick day rental for me. My mom would run down to the video store because she had to go to work. So you're, you're sick at home. Here's a movie. Call me if yeah. you need me. And it was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea because it looked wholesome to her. Mm. So I've seen it like, I don't know, 10, 15 times.
2: Yeah. I mean, what ticks me hey. off is I, I've seen 19,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but I just never have seen the 20,000. <sighs>
1: You're missing that last thousand leagues.
2: I really am. My number one pick, I think actually kind of pedestrian here, but I think it needs to be mentioned because it is one of the best high sea adventures, action films going, and I'm not going any of the Pirates of the Caribbean should be mentioned though. They are fun ones. My number one is Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, 2003, Russell Crowe, Paul Bettany, directed by Peter Ware, who... Another Weir. I was about to say, I think Darcy is probably related to. It's a whole series of books. I forget how many books there are. Something like 10 books. And they combined, I believe, three of them into this story of the HMS surprise. And you got uh, Russell Crowe as the captain, and they're after this French vessel off the South American coast. And It's just awesome. I mean, all the little things that they would do, um, the kind of uh, almost chess game that the two boats would try to play against each other to surprise each other when they could see the sails from a certain distance and and so forth. Really cool cat and mouse game out on the high seas.
3: Very cool. Very cool. And Paul Bettany, didn't he play like a... Young Darwin or something like that?
2: Yeah, he's out like exploring all the different species and and everything. So he's writing down um, you know, he's on it for the adventure of like going to see these new lands and you know, documenting all the different creatures and you know, species that are out there. And the and little then,
3: boy loses his arm and right. stuff and you're like, oh
2: <laughs> it's a great one. Um do see Master and Commander if you haven't jawheads. Honorable mentions. I'm going rapid fire because I, I had some big ones. Didn't mention Titanic.
1: Thank you for not mentioning
2: Titanic. I also didn't mention the Life Aquatic, one of my favorites, but we I talk figured, about it all the time. Yeah, I really thought you'd Only reason that. I didn't mention the Life Aquatic or else it would be on my list. Big one has to be mentioned, Life of Pi. Yeah, for sure. I mean, wow. E- epic sinking of the boat and then you got him on this little boat with a tiger and oh, just fantastic. Sea Fever. This would be up Darcy's uh, alley. I caught this one at the Toronto International Film Festival a couple of years back, and it was uh, about, it's more of like an indie film, and it's like a parasite infecting everybody on the boat. And uh, Dead Calm. Dead Calm. Yeah. I have that on my
1: list for honorables. And
2: and last but not least, Greyhound with Tom Hanks, the Apple TV Plus movie that uh, we really enjoyed already. I think that's a year or two years old. Wow.
1: I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, speaking of tom hanks you can you can make a case for captain phillips perhaps mm-hmm. not an adventure um, aquaman uh, and this is a crappy movie but you, you think of high seas adventures and i think you have to mention Waterworld. at least give it a nod it at exists least give it a nod yeah i yeah. loved Waterworld. i kind of <laughs> like it too it's like a bit of a guilty pleasure
2: Those were our picks, Jawheads, for our favorite High sea adventures. If you have Twitter pulled up and you see that we've missed one, oh my God, shoot us a tweet at CinemaJaw, or you can always email us feedback at CinemaJaw.com. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a review of Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, plus Matt is taking Darcy on in Sea Beast Movie Trivia. Stick with us. Ryan Gosling showed us his comedy chops in the 2016 film, The Nice Guys. In this scene, his daughter crashes a meeting between him and Russell Crowe. Hilarity ensues.
3: Jesus, what are you doing here?
0: Giving you a rim job.
3: What, rim shot? Rim shot.
0: Whatever. Hey, can we go one more game before? You're the guy who beat up my dad.
2: Hey, no. Sucker punched your dad. Big difference. But don't worry. He just did it for money.
0: <laughs> you beat people up and charge money?
2: Yeah. Sad, isn't it?
0: That's really your job? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So um, how much would you charge to beat up my friend Janet?
2: What? How much you got? Here? 30 bucks. 30 bucks. Apple pie.
0: Is she a big girl? She's tall. Right, Super annoying.
2: Apple pie. She's always mean to me. $30. That's good. This conversation no is over. Okay. We're just talking, and it's
1: over. Hello, film fans. We are the Film vs. Film Podcast. My name is Martin Harries, the host, and I'm always joined by the film encyclopedia man, Boaz Dix. We are a couple of filmmakers on occasion, but mainly can't stop yapping about movies. On this podcast, every episode, we pick a topic from a film that's coming out at the cinema or on streaming... Myself and Boaz pick our favourite film from that topic or team up against a guest and battle it out to decide which film would become the greatest film of all time, according to two film geeks from Wiltshire, England. We release our episodes every other Saturday, plus bonus spoiler special episodes about new films we love. You can find us anywhere on your favourite podcasting app. Remember, please do subscribe. Pod trailer. signing off.
2: And we are back on Cinema Jaw, hanging out with Darcy Ware. His new film that he has directed is entitled The Bitcoin Field Guide. It's available to rent anywhere you rent movies. And as you heard Darcy say, you can even find it on Tubi here in the United States. Do check it out. Get involved, Jawheads. It's interesting because usually when I looked up Darcy's uh, IMDB page, see what else he's been into, it's not... Other cryptocurrencies, it's aliens, Matt. He's got a slew of UFO documentaries. Darcy, what got you into the alien and UFO craze?
3: Well, um, probably, you know, growing up watching X-Files and stuff like that, I got to be honest, like science fiction influenced my mind at a young age. When I started making documentaries on this, it was 2012. My first documentary was on this uh, pretty wild guy that said he was building underground bases and he got into a a gun battle with aliens and he lost his fingers in the battle and stuff like that. A gentleman by the name of Phil Schneider. I don't think that's true. I think it's... um, a really cool story, though, and he told that story really well, and it enamored people back in um, the early '90s.
2: Awesome! I, I know recently in the news, as of uh, maybe a day or two ago, the James Webb Telescope uh, beamed back its first pictures. Have, have you seen these uh, photos, Matt? I saw. I saw the headline. I saw like one image. I didn't. I, I didn't click on it. I would say this much, Darcy. I think when you see that first image of all the galaxies that this thing saw. We're talking 13 billion light years of way. I mean, thousands and thousands of other galaxies it's looking at. And then when they tell you that that's the size of a a, a grain of sand at an arm's length, you got to be stupid to think that there's not alien life out there. There's probably so much of it. It's just ridiculous. It's just, we can't comprehend how big this whole thing really is it's it's massive always good stuff see what we got we uncover here when we're, we're, we're talking to Darcy
1: yeah I'm, I'm about to go down a rabbit hole and watch all his UFO docs so <laughs>
2: absolutely um put, put a, a link in the show notes for his UFO docs also man absolutely absolutely all right we did we did also throw...
3: on 2BTV guys free nice oh. it's
2: it's a show of 2BTV I know week. what I'm doing all weekend yeah I love yes. it before we get to that review and play some trivia, let's open up that fish tank.
0: Wait a moment! It's fish, isn't it? DC? Wake up! Wake up! No, Pat, it's a giant glass bowl. Hey, there's some fish, folks. Who's coming with me besides Flipper? Here.
1: That's a second message. That means Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes.
0: You're gonna need a bigger potion. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate coming out. Uh, Isn't that always how it works out? Last week, we're celebrating the joyous week where I have such a a minimal load. You might even say that there's zero (laughs) things thrown in and I can just relax. And then this week, Ryan, it's like every minute, he's like, oh, throw this one in, throw this. I swear (laughs) to God, I don't think there is a single one of Ryan's top fives that he didn't have like a a fish tank queued up, ready to go, being like, oh, let's throw this in. He wants That's okay, you to, though.
1: He wants you to feel, like, important, Phil, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't important. need Ryan. I am incredibly self-important. I don't need oh Ryan to help God. me do that. I'm an egotist, Matt. We all know that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, uh, our first one in here, who did the score to drive? Uh, so at, there's actually a very long and complicated history to it's not that complicated, and it's really not that long. Uh, but th- there's drama, there's beef. Uh originally, Nicholas Winding Refn, the director of the film, uh hired Johnny Jewel um, of the band's Desire and Chromatics. Uh however, at the very, very last minute, uh, <laughs> ref and hire, fired jewel and hired cliff martinez of red hot chili peppers uh, and was kind of hired to re- mimic that same kind of techno sound <laughs> uh and just really just imitate the style and i wouldn't actually know that i think it is pretty cohesive to to uh martinez's credit he did do a good job of Blending in so well we didn't even notice that there was two different people I, I didn't at least. I, I
2: do think the chromatics have a song in the in the movie. Oh I'm, totally. Yeah. So does desire.
0: Okay. One hundred percent.
3: Yeah. I yeah, love that those. Chromatic the soundtrack. Song. The soundtrack is amazing.
0: It is. I love it. And for everyone worrying about Johnny Jewel at home, uh the the unhappy fired soul he is. Uh, don't worry, because I was looking it up, and actually, uh, because life is an infinite series of loops and cycles, uh, when everything comes full circle, wouldn't you know it? Johnny Jewel got hired to do the score for Lost River, the Ryan Gosling directed <laughs> film. Everything, everything comes back together the way it should be. That is, that is the research I love, Phil. Well done, <laughs>
2: Matt. Give this guy a raise. I know.
0: Damn it! it, it you pay me at all? Wait Wait hey, what? <laughs> we'll double it. Uh, uh, our second one is Deep Star Six streaming anywhere, and it is. Uh, I, we we always please love tell to, me that, it's Tubi TV. It, it is not Tubi TV, unfortunately. It's not Canopy, and it's it's not Hoopla, our favorites. However, I live in Seattle. I begrudgingly support Jeff Bezos, and it is available on Amazon Prime. So the way I see it. While you're out there treating yourself, buying the bird feeder you've wanted for four months and want two day shipping on, go see Deep Star Six while you're at it. There's no rules. You can do whatever you want. You're a grown adult, I assume. I'm starting it tonight. I'm starting it tonight. Uh, we got in here. Did the Contiki documentary win an Academy Award? And it did. Okay. Uh, so it won. It didn't win the Best Picture, uh, but I I can't think of a single documentary that has. Uh, and it, it, but it did win Best Documentary in 1950. And, uh, the Academy's Film Archive officially preserved it in 2013. So awesome! It, it is a highly celebrated documentary. Nice. And now I know what. I'm-
1: Oh. I'm gonna throw in next week as a documentary ever won best
0: picture it it has't I can just answer that one. You, you're sure Ryan's a genius 100%. All all right Ryan knows everything. That's why it's so self-important <laughs> That's why me having self-importance is I'm not Ryan's truly the superior version of I'm not gonna let that comment just go by <laughs> Phil no we got another fact here yes our last one is the abyss getting a high quality restoration um, or re-release? i am like 99 sure we've already asked this i'm 99 percent sure this year i'm 99 sure we've asked this since i've been in seattle uh but yes is the short story yes we are getting a 4k release we don't know when and we really don't know a whole lot of specifics on it all that we know is that james cameron has reportedly I, right james cameron wouldn't lie about it he's james cameron right uh, but there is a 4k version that is finished uh and it's believed that it will come out through a criterion collection in 2023 mm. uh there was rumors of it maybe coming out in 2022s but the hypothesis uh And then, like the inside scoop from Twitter that I could tell is that that's unlikely because of buzz for Avatar two, right? Uh, And so they're going to do Avatars upscaled release Hmm. first. That's right. We are
2: going to get Avatar back in the theater before Avatar two. It's been so long; people forgot about
1: the movie. They got they they got they they forgot how bad it was and overhyped it was, and
0: maybe this maybe this new one will be like. You know, because it hasn't aged particularly well. Maybe the the it sucked it. right when it Whoa. came out. Yeah, I don't know why you say that. It didn't
2: suck. People wanted to see the movie multiple times. It it, it was the highest grossing film of all time. People liked it. The masses it was are asses, Ryan. It, Remember it was you said that it was nominated for like the most Academy Awards that year. It's I'm sure it's higher than eighty percent fresh it lo- on it lost tomatoes. against
3: Hurt Locker, I think for right. best. Best picture. Right. I yeah. didn't like. I didn't like her locker. I thought it was like pro-Iraq war or something like that.
2: Mm. Was that everything? In That's the, all in we got tank? this
0: week. All right. Until, Until Matt, Matt throws next week.
2: Matt, one more review here. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. The premise is simple. Mrs. Harris wants to buy a dress, not just any dress. She wants one from the House of jour. This may not sound like a movie Rye the Movie Guy would seek out, but when films are made this good, they can be about just about anything.
3: Ni ce départ,
2: ni ce Excuse me, dear. I'm after a frock, one of them £500 ones. You have the wrong dress.
0: Please, let me escort you out. No,
2: no, no, hang on a minute. I saved every penny scrubbing floors so
0: I can buy this frock.
2: Excuse me, but it would be my honour to have you view the collection as my
0: guest. Oh, that's lovely. A jaw dress is designed to astonish. How will you do that, Mrs. Harris? You are nobody. Invisible.
1: Madame, may I give you a lift? What was I thinking coming here? I'm just a
2: cleaner from London. No, you're a cleaner. who dreams of the most beautiful gown in the world. It's not sewing. It's in moonlight. When Mrs. Harris comes into a nice sum of money, more than she makes as a house cleaner in 1950s London, she decides to follow her dream of going to Paris to buy a dress from the House of Jour. She believes she will go there, buy a dress, and return home in two days. Little does she know how much goes into these dresses. There is a fashion show to see what dress you like, and when you decide what dress, there are multiple fittings to get the dress right. This means she must stay in Paris for a week. Mrs. Harris does not just get a dress, she gets a new adventure. Playing the title character is Leslie Manville, and she kills it. It's her performance that makes this film so damn charming. But it's not just her alone. Joining in the fun are Isabel Herbert, Jason Isaac, Rose Williams, and Lucas Bravo. They are all fantastic. The movie feels like a throwback, and I'm happy it exists. This is a great movie to recommend to your parents. I've not heard a group of older folks laugh so much in a theater in a long time. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is delightful. If you need a change of pace from the loud summer blockbusters, this
1: is the film to see. Wow. You have never sounded older <laughs> reviewing a movie. Did you bring your coffee? Did you, Was this a matinee, right?
2: I had Cory Roy pants on, right? I, I had a sweater on, even though it was summertime, you know, because it's it gets chilly cold in, in those, those theaters. theaters. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I. This is the kind of movie seriously most people will like. I mean, if if you watched it, you would see exactly just how charming it is.
1: Is know? it as charming as Amelie? Like, give me give me an uh, over okay, under. Okay, it's
2: not quite on that level. I mean, that's as charming. That's that's like a you know hitting the top of the scale. But it's probably a few notches below that. But very similar. Um, yeah, and and comedic, and just warms your heart. And she's such a nice character, and she touches the lives and gets involved with all these people that are making the dresses. And there's models that she meets, and uh, a, a widow, and there's all these people that she gets to mingle with in that week in Paris. And Got it. it. It's just a a wonderful kind of little story.
1: You know, I'm I'm interested. She solves some mysteries
2: along the way. No mysteries, and and, and no scooby-doo and a van or anything like that but it's it's a good one the jaw-dropping moment i mentioned it in the review is the fashion show it's great because she goes to this this shop thinking that she's actually just going to walk into like a regular store and pick out a dress and in fact everybody would go into paris it would be a you know invite only and then people would sit around and they would actually walk out about a hundred different models we're in you know all these different dresses, and she just likes each dress that comes out one after the other. Her her expressions are a complete joy to behold because she's just so excited and in love with every dress that she sees. It's, it's wow. great.
1: All right, I'll check. I'll check it out. It, how, uh, is there a quote? You got a yeah, quote for this movie
2: one? poster quote? I went with yeah. "Guaranteed to put a smile on your face." Three and a half jaws for Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Damn, I I really are, like this one. You are generous lately, man. I, I saw two good movies this week: The Sea Beast and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Very opposite movies, but both very enjoyable. So, all right, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is playing in theaters. If you see it, shoot us a tweet and let us know what you think. We are at Cinema Jaw. All right, end of the podcast. It's time to play some trivia, Matt. As we mentioned, we're playing Sea Beast movie trivia. Think of movies with sea and beast in the title, and All I right. mentioned earlier in the show that I even wrote an alternate question. And the story, didn't mention
1: that. Yeah, what's The that?
2: story behind that is, as I was writing these and realized that I was going to do movies with C in the title, that there was a good chance that we were going to talk about some of these movies when we did our top three C adventures. So I thought, you know what, write an alternate question in case one of these comes up. One of them did come up on the list. Another second movie now has come up, that I wasn't anticipating coming up, so I'm leaving that one in there. Hence, why there's going to be a very easy question. But that's how, that's how it works, Matt. I can't be a mind reader. Sea Beast movie trivia. Darcy, you're our guest. You get to choose if you want to go first or let Matt go first. There are steals if a person doesn't know their question. And if you get hung up on one, you do get one rescue me. I have clues to all the questions. Mm. They start easy, Darcy.
3: I'll start it then. If it's easy,
2: here we go. Question number one: C Beast movie trivia. Which actress played the live action Belle in the 2017 live action remake of Beauty and the Beast?
3: Um, what's Hermione's name? Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, ah, don't know. I can't remember. Eh.
1: Oh, you were on the you were on the right track, dude. Yeah, Watts. what's Hermione's name? Watts. Oh, Emma Watts, right? Yeah, Emma no. Watson. Oh, Watson.
3: That's it. Okay. That is She's great.
2: One for Matt Kay. Exactly. I don't like that. Question two over to Matt, the other easy one here, and the one that came up earlier. Name the actor who gets eaten by a shark in one of the best surprise deaths from the movie Deep Blue Sea
1: Sam Jackson. Yes.
2: I wasn't expecting that one to get spoiled, and it did earlier. <laughs> I couldn't Dang, believe it. It's,
3: that was for me, that <laughs> I one. I know.
2: Question three over to you, Darcy. Name the Ron Howard-directed film that stars Chris Hemsworth and tells the story that inspired Moby Dick.
3: Um, something at sea, right? Mm-hmm. I can't – what was that? It was – uh Yeah. That's a Chris Hemsworth, Ron Chris, Howard, director. Chris Hemsworth. Yep.
1: <laughs> Matt, any guess for you? I don't really know either. I almost brought this up. That's the funny thing. I really I was this close to bringing that up, but I didn't remember the title. I'll just guess lost at sea. That is incorrect.
2: <gasps> we were looking for in the heart of the sea in the
1: heart of the sea. Okay. I actually kind of
3: liked that movie.
2: I have not seen it, actually. Um,
3: Nor I. I got to see it.
2: Still two to nothing, Matt K. Question four is over to Matt. Matt, what actor plays Newt Scamander in the Fantastic Beasts films? Eddie Redmayne. That is correct. Matt is winning three to nothing. We need a big comeback here, Darcy. Wait, how,
3: how did he get two? I thought he got an uh, there as well. He, the, he got. One
2: he got Emma Watson and Sam Jackson. Oh, because he picked
3: up my point, so okay, my bad, yeah.
2: So now it's three to nothing, Matt. Here we go. Over to you, Darcy. Question five is my alternate question. Name the 1961 disaster film about a nuclear sub that had the tagline, race from outer space to seven miles below the sea.
3: What year was it?
2: 1961. Dude. Race from outer space to seven miles below the sea.
3: Uh, 19,000 leagues under the sea? <laughs> that is a good one.
2: That's Ryan's
1: favorite movie. <laughs> Incorrect, Matt. From outer space to... Seven miles below the sea. 1961? Yeah. Holy crap, I have no idea. It's got to be some like B-movie... The day the Earth stood still? I don't. I that's definitely not it. That was in the fifties, Vo- anyway.
2: Voyage. Is that
3: Poseidon. No,
2: no. voyage to the bottom it. of the sea.
3: Voyage.
1: voyage. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, yeah. Hmm. Is that that's another Jules Verne book? I know Voyage to the Center of the Earth is. Hmm. Hmm. Might be. I don't know. Matt,
2: question six is over to you. Name the animated movie that came out in 2014 about an Irish boy and his mute sister. And some mystical creatures.
1: The s- Secret of Kells?
2: Incorrect. <laughs> See and Beast. Beast movie trivia. Right, right. Any guess from you, Darcy? Darcy.
3: I think I've seen this. It's, a, it's an animated film, right? It is. Yeah. Um, and it's Irish. I think it's all based in the Celtic... Um, can't remember it though.
2: We were looking for "Song of the Sea." Song of the Sea.
3: I've seen it. I've seen it.
2: Darcy, question seven is over to you. Who starred in "Sexy Beast" as an intimidating gangster named Don who wants to pull off one last job? Um, Ben Kingsley. That is correct. He is on yes! the board. <laughs> yes. Last question of the game over to Matt Kay. Matt, name the 1989 movie that starred Al Pacino and John Goodman as detectives trying to find a serial killer who finds his victims using
1: personal ads. Wait. There's a movie with Al Pacino yes. and John Goodman?
2: Yes, I just discovered it t- today. I was like, "Oh my god, I got to throw this on
1: sometime." See Beast movie trivia? Yeah. And you just had a beast question, so maybe this is a C question. Um, hmm. I, I I'll go go ahead and rescue me. I'll take the hint on this one. Your
2: clue is there's a lot of love with this clue.
1: See, now I want to say Heart of the Sea. But we we know that that was Ron Howard and, and Chris Hemsworth. Um, so I'll say Beast Heart.
2: <laughs> Darcy? Any any guess here I, on this one?
1: Is
3: it new, old? What was the...
2: This was 1989. 89.
1: Al Pacino.
2: It, it is a, a, a sea movie. And I said the clue is... There's a lot of love with this clue. And
1: it's Serpico? not King Ralph, right?
2: <laughs> what was it, Darcy?
1: It's Serpico? I don't
3: know.
2: <laughs> we were looking for Sea of Love. Sea of Love.
1: Sea of Love. Put it okay. down,
2: Jawheads. Al Pacino and John Goodman. How could it be bad?
1: Playing detectives. Yeah. Can't
2: Matt wow. wins this one. Could I get a... a virtual handshake here yeah Vir- virtual oh, fist bump. heck yeah <laughs>
1: Boom. if
2: it came down to a tie we call it a jawbreaker this question would have been over to darcy who's the better actor al pacino or john goodman
3: i feel like maybe john goodman plays different things than himself so I'll go with uh, John Goodman over Al Pacino. That is
2: correct. I think it's the right answer. I love me some John Goodman. The real jawbreaker was this. Age of Al Pacino, closest to. Matt, do you got to guess? Wow. And, and, Al- can, and can you give the guess as Al Pacino?
1: <laughs> no, I can't. I, 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 I got to work on my Al Pacino. Like, you know, do a little hoorah. Um, let's see. He's got to be in close to 80 if he's not 80 already. So I'm going to say he is 80 years old. Lock, him, oh. in at,
2: lock him in at 80. Darcy, you got a guess?
3: Um, 75.
2: Give that one to Matt. 82 years old. Holy shnikes. The 82 is for right.
1: Al Pacino. Son of a gun. He's Yeah, he's been around, you guys. I mean, Godfather came out a long, long time ago. Sure, did. yeah, that's true. He's been around the block. He has.
2: Well, it brings us to the end of a very fun and entertaining Cinema Jaw. First and foremost, we got to thank our guest, Darcy Ware. Thanks for coming on Cinema Jaw.
3: You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's been very fun,
2: Matt. We should also thank our engineer, our editor, Phil, me, and Phil.
0: Oh, of course, it's the best part of the week. You know, I wouldn't uh, be anywhere else. How about the sponsors, Matt? about them sponsors thanks to overcast
1: and to the chicago podcast co-op who help us get great sponsors like them and last
2: but definitely not least we want to thank our patreons for supporting the show really means the world to us that you support us and we're doing extras we have dropped uh, a few the last one being a report card on the first half of 2022 doing fun things like that as much as we can
1: Yeah, what are we doing next on Patreon, Ryan? Anything?
2: Uh, I think we got a a retro review coming on uh, Laura Dern. We still owe one. We got a few few choices out there. So a a retro review
1: is in the cards very soon. All right, we'll throw one up very soon. Thank you for supporting us there. You can find us CinemaJaw. You can find us patreon.com backslash. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, (laughs) I caught myself patreon.com forward slash cinemajaw. There it is. Thank you everybody.
2: And the other way you can support us is by leaving us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next week, I'm Ry the Movie Guy. I'm Matt Kay. And And keep on jawing about about the the movies. movies.